Chapter Fifteen of the Submarine Boys and the Smugglers by Victor G. Durham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter Fifteen. Ned's Get Rich Quickly Scheme. Well, you're some nice fellow. What? Blurted Ned, surveying the three assembled young officers. What have we done now? Inquired Jack Benson, looking up. Done repeated ned white disgustedly you went away on one of the finest and most picturesque of sea rescues with never a word to me not an offer to take me along or let me see what was happening there were several reasons why we didn't jack declared in the first place when we received that order from the navy department there was no time to go hunting up folks on shore we slipped our cable and started the engines as fast as we could move in the second place i have not been authorized to take you on a cruise of any kind you haven't ned demanded opening his eyes still wider why i heard from the department yesterday afternoon friends of mine in washington attended to that here's the telegram we haven't yet heard from the department jack insisted handing back the telegram then have i got to go back on shore white demanded i've come out and brought two bags with me one of your sailors has them outside the door now there's no regulation against our having an extra bag or two on board benson smiled and unless we receive sailing orders you'll be very welcome mr white until into the evening we may have guests when docked or at anchorage but i don't understand you're not getting the order from the navy department ned went on anxiously i'll go ashore to the telegraph office and inquire that won't be necessary i'll send the coxswain of the gig but at that moment the gunner's mate knocked at the door then handed in a telegram here is the official order said jack after glancing at the telegram this authorizes me at my pleasure and discretion to have you on board at any or all times during the next thirty days as my guest the telegram is marked delayed in sending for it is dated yesterday probably the cynthia matter drove it all out of the head of some clerk in the department well what's your pleasure demanded ned white you know well enough that you're welcome on board jack answered gripping his guest's hand hal and eph went through the same formality then i may have your man bring in the bags asked ned mr somers will give the order you will have the after stateroom on the port side that's the stateroom nearest to the wardroom table chuckled ned gleefully he went out for a moment to attend to the disposition of his bags having opened his baggage he presently came back with a good-sized bank which he placed on the wardroom table here's something that i want to show you fellows ned went on it's quite an idea i think the scheme may help you all out if you feel any need of putting by savings do you have to save inquired jack you with wealthy parents and a good income outside of your government pay in the state department it's a bore to save ned confessed to me money seems made only to spend but my father has been kicking at my expenses for some time and has given me several lectures on the art of saving there's a fellow named jones in the state department who hasn't a cent in the world outside of his beggary pay 
yet somehow he always has money in fact i found it convenient to borrow from him more than once so one day jones and i were chatting and i told him about my father's peculiar notion that i ought to save money odd but jones didn't think my father's idea was anything very peculiar i'm surprised at jones lack of sense murmured ensign f oh jones is quite a bright fellow in a lot of ways ned went on genially he even said that he thought my father was right and that i ought to go in for saving he told me that i needn't start with very heavy saving i told him that was cheering jones said that sometimes pretty big results come out of small beginnings and i assured him that i could see the truth of that in a general way then he asked me if i would be willing to make a start by saving pennies i told him that didn't seem very difficult as i always hated to have them in my pockets then jones outlined the scheme and it was a dandy in its way though i don't know that the outcome will be very big producing a key white opened his bank by taking off the top allowing the submarine boys to look inside really fellows he said i'm beginning to get just a bit fascinated with the idea i'll admit quite a tidy sum already what as the bank circulated from hand to hand the submarine boys discovered that it contained besides a pleasing amount in small change several banknotes what's the scheme asked lieutenant jack how do you work it this is the idea jones outlined to me ned white went on the first week i was to put a penny in the bank the second week two cents the third week four cents the fourth week eight cents and so on you catch the idea each week i put in double what i did the week before in other words i double the bet every week how long do you keep this up asked hal who possessed an excellent head for mathematics for six months twenty-six weeks ned answered at the end of twenty-six weeks then putting by money on that plan you'll have quite a tidy sum hal suggested very tidy i expect white agreed when i get it all saved i'm going to convert the money into a draft and send it to my father as a little gift he'll be pleased to see that i really am saving money even if only in a small way how long have you been saving on this plan jack asked i put in the money for the fifteenth week yesterday ned replied it has only eleven weeks more to run and how much money do you expect to have saved when the twenty-six weeks are ended hal pursued oh i haven't the least idea ned admitted i never was any good at arithmetic eleven weeks more won't be long to wait and then i'll count up what i've saved it will be the last few weeks of the game that will draw hardest on you hastings suggested as he reached for paper and pencil i expect so white assented ensign hal began to figure at last he had the sum calculated unless your father is a very rich man hal remarked he'll appreciate your intended gift very highly will he yes i've just got the result figured out for the total savings for twenty-six weeks on your plan of starting with a cent 
and each week doubling what it was the week before it's a very tidy sum is it ned inquired in a general way how much pretty close to three-quarters of a million dollars said hal dryly as he passed over the sheet containing the figures what gasped ned white stop trifling with my intellect are those figures straight as straight as i know how to make them hastings declared gravely hal is the best mathematician in our crowd jack benson added ned white appeared thunderstruck he stared at the figures with vacant eyes almost three-quarters of a million he gasped wow a glass of water or throw it over me i'm faint at least he appeared weak for ned white sank back into his chair still clutching the paper and staring at hal's figures great results sometimes come from very small beginnings you know eph broke in but three-quarters then ned's face turned red say he gasped do you suppose jonesy knew what i was up against probably nodded hal if he's any good at arithmetic this kind of scheme is what is known as an example of geometrical progression during the first weeks of the twenty-six the saving is very easy but the last weeks would be impossible to any but a rich man and even the bank of england couldn't keep up that game of savings for a year could it demanded ned bewildered i doubt if all the people in the world could raise the money to keep up that game for a year hal answered i haven't any idea yet how much money one would have saved at the end of a whole year but i'll figure it out now don't begged ned sharply don't do anything of the sort unless you want to see me an accepted candidate for a lunatic asylum young mr white's face bore such an odd expression of mingled rage and sheepishness that the submarine boys could no longer hold back their laughter indeed they appeared to be the victims of three separate and various fits that's right growled ned laugh at me enjoy me as one of the prize idiots of the united states but oh you jonesy just wait until i get back to washington and behold your smirking face what won't i do to you i'll apply for a whole month's leave and spend all that extra time in trying to think up picturesque ways of putting it all over jones for making such a fool of me and then when you get back to washington chuckled ensign f you'll raise a goodly sum of money and hand it all over to one jones as a bribe to keep him from telling everyone else in the state department about your savings it'll be too late muttered white opening his eyes still wider that miserable jones has doubtless told everyone in the department already and uh, and for that matter i told a few myself before i came away oh 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 now as you fellows won't do anything for me i'll have to do it for myself rising and crossing the wardroom ned bumped his head repeatedly though with some caution against the steel wall returning ned bent over the bank 
transferring all of his recent savings to his pockets want to come up on deck and see me throw this beastly bank overboard he demanded all three shook their heads tell you what we'll do ned white continued we'll go on shore this evening and spend all this trash that has accumulated so far we won't even think of it retorted jack mr white do go right on with your savings keep it up for the full twenty-six weeks or as long as you can go on it'll teach you a lot about the value of hoarding money ned's only reply was a snort as he hurried to the deck where he hurled his now empty bank as far as he could throw it no more little kid tricks for me white declared as he re-entered the wardroom it strikes me that the game you've just abandoned was a full-sized man's performance ensign f chuckled please don't say any more urged ned miserably if you do i'm afraid i'll forget my place as a guest and but oh just wait until i get my hands on that fellow jones jack benson shot a warning glance at f somers after that ned was teased no more about his get-rich-quickly scheme dinner went off pleasantly that evening later jack drew hal aside and led him up to the deck i want you to stay here jack explained and keep the sharpest lookout every second of the time you see a masthead light on the velvet if that light should be hauled down or if she moves out of the bay under it i want you to let me know instantly i understand hal nodded the rest of us may come up on deck and probably will benson continued but if we do you are on watch just the same though you do not need to let anyone else see it half an hour later all of the wardroom crowd occupied chairs under the little awning though hal joined them he seated himself so that not once was his face turned away from the velvet when are you going out to sea or under the sea or to do something picturesque ned asked jack it's really hard to say benson replied then you don't know at present what you're going to do if i did know it would be highly improper for me to tell anyone else oh i beg your pardon ned went on hurriedly but if i happen to be on shore when you start seaward can you notify me so that i can get out here certainly if there be time enough left to send and get you by ten o'clock ned began to gap anyone going below to bed he inquired a little nap will come handy to me f admitted i go on deck duty at midnight just then hal hastings gave the young commander's arm a warning pressure instantly jack benson wheeled about the velvet was just slipping from her pier her masthead light going when someone presumably jake was hanging the side lights in place better remain on deck a little longer mr white jack suggested what's the matter are you going to be lonely for company in a few minutes murmured jack i'm going to give the signal for the assembling of all hands you'll see how quickly sailors can tumble out under such conditions i'm on nodded ned who really thought he was on and sank back into his chair 
Hef went back into the tower, where he stood watching the schooner's moving masthead light. Jack waited until the masthead light was fully two miles out at sea. Then he turned to his guest to remark quietly, I may go further, Mr. White, and be able to show you a little drill in handling the boat. Going to dive? asked White eagerly. Who can say? smiled Jack quizzically. End of chapter 15 Recording by John Brandon